Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Once again, you're tuning into your favorite podcast, your favorite hockey podcast, your favorite sporting podcast. It is a Tuesday, which means it's another episode coming to you, not live, but uh, it's close as uh, it can be. And it uh, is episode 55. Amazing. Keep on climbing. I'm Derek Alberts, as always, and as always with me is my partner in crime, Tyron Jabu Barnard. How are you, Ty? Hey Derek, thanks uh, for having us. Thanks for hosting, uh, because that's what you you are doing right now. And yeah, of course, it is a wonderful, wonderful Tuesday. I know this because I can see into the future. <laughs> it's not actually Tuesday right now when we record this, but when you hear this, <laughs> it's, it's a Tuesday. So uh, I know everybody's having a wonderful, wonderful Tuesday. Um, and uh, congratulations to all those that won the lotto this weekend when I gave you the numbers. So, uh, yes, that's it. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Oh, I, I can't wait. You just need to send them over to me as well, too, please. Uh, <laughs> or I can put them into the radio account. Uh, we'll uh, need some much-needed funds. We're looking forward to it. And a belated uh, happy Heritage Day to South Africans, uh, our South African listeners, which, of course, make up the majority of the show uh, 24th of september we celebrate south africa's heritage and uh, a lot of us get to do a bit of brying uh, i know i did i know you did Ty. and i wonder if our guest uh, managed to bry too despite the fact that uh, she was overseas before we ask her Ty, tell us who we're speaking about yeah today we are joined all the way from the small country of the netherlands not holland the netherlands um, and uh, it is by none other than South African international indoor uh, star, uh, Heather McEwen. Of course, uh, Heather is now playing in the Hwifte Klasse for, and, and I'm going to just say it in English because I don't actually know how they say it over there, but it's HGC. Yes, correct. So, uh, Heather, welcome. welcome. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't get to Bry because uh, the weather's not so great here. Um, but my friend has actually made a milk tart, so I'm going. I'm going late after training to go have some milk tart with her. You know. <laughs> and, and, and I reckon does she? Is it the milk tart, the edible version, or the alcoholic version, which she actually drink? That's a good question. I'm not sure actually. No, it's the edible version. <laughs> is, is is the friend Dirky Chamberlain? Because I if it's Dirky Chamberlain, it then it's probably the drink. <laughs> No, that's for after dinner with Dirks. <laughs> this is another friend. Before, before training, we have the, the non-alcoholic version, and then Dirks and I have a dinner tonight after training. Yeah, <laughs> with the yeah. alcoholic version. Nothing wrong with a but good no, farm session. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Before, before the match on the weekend. That'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, let's talk no, the fact that you've moved over there. And, uh, I mean, obviously, you and I were in Namibia together about three years ago. Yep. Uh, the last time you yep. played for South Africa in the indoor hockey side. You then went overseas yep. uh, to the UK, and you've now moved on to Holland. And I want to work our way backwards, because you had what can only be described as a bit of a fairy tale debut uh, for HTC there in the Wolfte class. So, I, I mean... Maybe oh, not fairy tale because of the result, but a goal on debut in the toughest league in the world. I mean, that must feel must be pretty special. Yeah, no, I definitely had to pinch myself. I'm not going to that, um, especially against the reigning champions. I think for me, 
I, like after the game, it still took me, I actually couldn't sleep that night because it still took me a while to realize like, oh, this is actually, this is happening, you know? Um, yeah, it was honest. It was amazing. You know what? Like the, re- the result didn't go away and um, we knew that, that it was going to be a tough match as it is. But obviously, just like to score like another really good team goal as well, you know, um, against the reigning champions. And then, yeah, obviously the score on myself was just like, it was a dream country. It was like a little bit of a fairy tale. So, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> well, and, and obviously we're four games into the um, season now. Uh, by the time everybody listens, it'll be five games into the season. It's been an okay start for a, a, a largely reshaped HGC. Yeah. I know there was a lot of transfers, eight or nine players changed. And um, yeah, of course, yeah. She, uh, yeah. you were one of them. And, and so far, it's a 50%, 50% turnout. I mean, how are things at HGC and, and the plans for the season? Yeah, well, I mean, it's pretty exciting. Um, like you said, there's been so many transfers. Um, I think it was two years ago, this team uh, got into the Hofte Klasse, which was an amazing uh, yeah, feat for them. That was really, really cool. Then they had a bit of a tricky uh, season last. And um, yeah, so I, like they completely reshaped. So we've got a new coach, new assistant coach. Um, another manager came back in. And then obviously we got um, all different players in, both like uh, Dutch players and internationals. So yeah, it's like, it's really, really exciting because we've got a completely new team. Um, it was a bit tricky to start with because, I mean, you're now trying to rebuild. So, yeah, everyone's learning about each other. People are in the new country, you know, like everything's completely new. And then you're still obviously having to like compete. Um, so, yeah, we did like a very, very hectic, well, not hectic, but we had a really good preseason and like you could see the growth in our preseason from the first game that we started till the end game. Um, but like our coach says, like we're just we keep having to like push that uh, level like a little bit higher every single time we play. Um, so for the focus for the season is that really it's to try and just like every single game, keep pushing that level, keep getting higher. Um, yeah. So that we don't plateau and our first two games we lost. Uh, we knew obviously against Amsterdam we were going to lose, and then we knew a big derby against Hardyem was going to be yeah a big one. Um, but since then we actually got six points from the last weekend, uh, both against Lauren and Hurley, which are also like two of our really like uh, competitive teams. That like yeah, so we are like really happy with that um, to get the six points. But then again, it's yeah, it's all about our performance and making sure that we improve from our last performance. So now this weekend we have um, oh, who do we have this weekend? Um, I can't even think. Sorry. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to my list quickly. You're playing Victoria. Victoria, of course. Sorry, yeah. Um, thank you. We uh, yeah, we got Victoria this weekend. Um, again, another really big derby. They've also got a couple of internationals in there, which are actually friends with our internationals, Argentinians. So we've got a little bit of extra uh, fuel for the fire uh, this weekend. Um, so yeah, it it should be good. It should be a good game. Um, and we've had like a really good training week, so that's been also really good. 
um, everyone's feeling strong and luckily no cases of COVID. So yeah, touch wood, we're all good. Heather, there's no question when it comes to uh, a sports personality, the, the dream is to um, represent clubs and sides uh, around the world. Uh, obviously, the more professional the leagues, yeah. the better. And, and where you're currently based, I mean, it doesn't really get much better than that. How, how did it come about, uh, your move over to, to the Netherlands? Yeah, um, it was kind of a, yeah, it, it all happened really click, quickly when it did happen. Um, obviously I was super comfortable, um, in England. Um, and like, I'm really happy with my move first to go there because the culture is a little bit similar. The language is the same, you know? So, and like, I got a lot of international exposure from there, but you know what? Like it got to the point in my season in England that I was just like, you know what? I really need to go abroad. Like I've always dreamed about playing in the Hofteklasse or at least in another European league, you know, like I'm 26, I've got to do this now. Like, um, so yeah, like it was kind of myself pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Um, so how it all happened, I was actually planning on going to Belgium first because uh, I've got another friend, Tash, which played indoor with me as well. And she was there. Um, and then funnily enough, I spoke to another one of my friends um, that I went to university with and she suggested, hey, like, why don't you just try and like go for a team that's in the Hopte Klasse or in the Promoti Klasse? And she was obviously at uh, Hakase and she put me in touch with them and she said, look, well, <laughs> they were actually on one point uh, last season and then with Corona, um, they got to get out of jail free card. So the obviously the league uh, stayed the same as it was. And so they were actually meant to go down to Mozi Klasa. And I was kind of prepared to play in that because I knew that the Mozi Klasa was just as good. Um so, yeah, I feel a little bit lucky that, you know, what things worked out and we were actually able to stay up in the Hofteklasse. So, yeah, for my first season, I was going to play in Hofteklasse in the Netherlands and that was, like, amazing. So, yeah, I don't know. I kind of think the stars aligned for me to come here, you know, like with everything that happened. So, yeah, I just chatted to the manager, chatted to, yeah, the people in charge. Um, yeah, and we sorted stuff out. And then, yeah, it obviously... Things went a bit south with uh, COVID. But, yeah, managed to get back over here and then, yeah, got here for pre-season, pre which is awesome. And and what was the transition like? Uh, I, I suppose you pretty much answered it, given the fact that you said the stars aligned it. And given the fact that that you were based overseas uh, originally anyway, so you were already used to that that way of life. Um, I always think yeah. that uh, South Africans making the big trip abroad. Uh, it takes them a while yeah. to, to, to try and settle in. Uh, was that much of the case with you or was it uh, pretty much uh, six of one, half a dozen of the other? Yeah. No, look, it's, um, for, yeah, wherever you go, like you're always going to have to adjust to a new culture, a new way of life, a new hockey style. Um, so, yeah, okay, maybe it wasn't as hectic as the first time that I moved overseas because yeah, I will say my first season in England was, yeah, it was really, really tricky, like trying to adjust to everything. Um, so definitely that helped me when I moved over to here to like adjust a little bit better and to be prepared and to know what I was getting myself into, you know, and to be able to be like, okay, I've been through this before. Like, um, this is how you do it. This is how you go about it. But like in saying that it's never, Never smooth sailing. Um, it has been a little bit tricky here. Um, the hockey's completely different over here. Um, 
very much more technical and a lot more attacking than England. So like in England, it's, I find it a lot more structured, a lot more defensive. Um, so like I had to get used to that like really, really quickly. Uh, of course, the language was also a big thing. So yeah, I had to get used to the language. Uh, the way of life is also different here. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was as difficult as my first year in England, but it definitely has taken, taken a little bit of time to get used to. And obviously, uh, you speak about England. You you spent a couple of years there playing for Holcomb. Uh, obviously, the one thing that is really, really good in England is they've got a really uh, a cool um, uh, indoor structure there. And I know you are a, an indoor player. Obviously, uh, indoor is never taken super seriously. But uh, what was it like going over to Holcomb and playing in the English League and uh you know, how much of a step up did you find it from playing club hockey here in South Africa? Sure. Um, Ty, it was big. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was like uh, a little fish and I was just struggling to keep my head above the water sometimes, honestly. Um, it wasn't so much that I, I couldn't like keep up with everybody, like uh, fitness-wise, strength, um, my skills etc like it wasn't so much that it was more just like trying to find your place in the league or in your team etc um, so for me like that was really difficult like as I said before uh, the English league is very defensive very structured and like as a South African and kind of maybe my personality is very much like go attacking go forward like dead play um and yeah i learned very quickly in england that um yeah you're going to get tackled very uh hard <laughs> and very quickly and um yeah that that took a little bit of getting used to um but you know what after a while like i think maybe after my first season there i kind of got the hang of it and kind of got found my feet a little bit and then i could bring a little bit of my like south african uh, style to the game um, yeah and found ways of, and, of implementing that in there so yeah I wouldn't say that the club level in South Africa is um, bad but it's definitely like kind of swayed maybe one way like there's only maybe like one or two like really strong teams whereas like in England like every single weekend is like an absolute fight you know um and you're up against all different types of teams and etc and they just yeah it's um yeah you've got to try and change yourself or you'll change your style every single week so that you can try and beat them and yeah more so than that it's like the english have grit like no other you know they really don't give up they're strong mentally physically um so that's also something that you have to kind of get used to no, yeah, look, and, and obviously one of the challenges that arises with moving overseas is, uh, you know, you're playing now in the top league in the world. You know, it should almost be a, a, a shoe into the national team here in South Africa. But one of the challenges that comes with going over there is, is and especially more in the UK, is out of sight, out of mind. Do you find that is what you've experienced? Have you been a little bit frustrated at, at not being involved or having to pay your own way to get back to playing on RPT when you're playing in, in such high-profile leagues? Yeah, for sure. Um, I know there's a couple of 
yeah, personal friends or whatever that uh, we've had many discussions about this, you know, and it's, um, w- look, without saying or taking anything away from like how hard it is uh, in the club leagues in South Africa and obviously playing internationally in South Africa, like we are playing in a, in a better league and, you know, we're doing that so that we can improve our hockey. Um, and then when you're having to now, yeah, uh, make your way back to South Africa and et cetera to play an IPT to make the international team. And um, it is just really difficult because the level is just, you know, not anywhere the same. And and sometimes you just kind of feel like, hey, well, me personally, um, you know what, I'm probably better off playing in these uh, leagues in Europe. But I know that obviously we all have to play together as a team for South Africa or whatever, you know. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's just, it's difficult because like not everyone can get those opportunities to obviously play overseas, which is something that I'm very grateful for. And like, if we do come back to South Africa to play IPT, et cetera, I think that we should all just strive to share that knowledge and experience that we've had to help lift the level in South Africa. Um, and, so, yeah. I mean, I mean, Heather, it obviously leads to a question is, I mean, you said it yourself, you're 26 now. Um, yep. you, you ha- you've played uh, for South Africa on the indoor scene. Um, you don't have any outdoor caps as far as I know. No. I mean, is, is, is there a desire to, to play for South Africa or are you open to playing for another country? Well, I have a uh-huh. story for you. <laughs> we like stories. <laughs> Here we go. Um. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll start from the beginning, but basically my time playing for SA Indoor was incredible. Honestly, I'm so I'm super grateful. Like it was such a nice team. It was good experience. I got international experience. And yeah, look, maybe the international uh, the outdoor and indoor is run differently. Maybe it's because it's a smaller team, it's easier to run. Um, but I really must take my hat off to the indoor team and say that like that was really run, run well. The outdoor team, I think it has a lot more challenges. Um, and yeah, so I think it was in 2016 or 2015. Look, I personally felt like I was at the top of my game, like playing for Marty's. Um, and, and I know a lot of people had spoken to me and said, you know what, like you're doing everything you can to make the outdoor team. And you know what the powers would be? I just, I never made it, you know? And I was never like, uh, like I wasn't, what's the word, spiteful towards it at all. It just, you know, that sport, that's just how it was. But you know what? At the end of the day, like, I needed to do, uh, reach my goals and my dreams and what I wanted to do. And so that's when I made the decision to um, go overseas so that I could get more international experience. And in doing so, also play for Scotland. Because my dad is Scottish, I qualify for, um, yeah, I can qualify However, I have to wait three years because that's the FIH rule um, from my last international cap. So, yeah, when I moved over in 2018, I just decided, you know what, hey, like I'm going to give this my best shot. Um, Even if it means that I only get a couple of international games, at least I'm playing like really good hockey overseas here. And then I can also maybe um, get a couple of caps for Scotland. And of course, my dad was really happy about that because he was like... (laughs) you can't play for England because my mom's English, but my dad is Scottish. And he was like, you can only do it if you play for the Scottish team. So dad's super happy about that. So yeah, I am actually currently waiting for my three years to be up, which will be the 7th of January, 2021. 
Um, and that is when I'll be eligible to play for Scotland. I have played games for them before, but they've only been uncapped um, yeah, earlier on this year. So, yeah, I am in the squad and, yeah, hopefully all things going well, I will make the team. Um, and then we've got Europeans next year here in Amsterdam, which would be cool. And then the following year is obviously uh, Com Games. So, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I think I'm like quite content with that decision of mine. You know what? If I get to play one or two international games for Scotland, awesome. If I don't, I know that I've come overseas and I've played at the highest level. And yeah, I'm super happy with that. And yeah, maybe I won't go to the Olympics with South Africa. Um, but yeah, it's a decision that I I made and yeah, I'm, I'm happy with it. So yeah. Oh, absolutely. And congratulations. And, and it can't hurt to have a South African Thanks. legend like Jen Wilson as the head coach of the Scottish <laughs> team. Exactly. We understand each other. <laughs> Sometimes we don't understand the other girls, but yes. <laughs> no, it's really nice. So, um, and, and is the. Oh, sorry, go for it. Uh, okay, well, Heather, I mean, this is going to be a loaded one, but I mean, so now we, 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 we've discovered your. Your destination now, and and where you currently <laughs> sit. I mean, there's no uh, disputing that that you are one of the most uh, talented hockey players around, uh, especially emanating from Thanks. South Africa. Uh, but but tell us about about your beginnings. I mean, how did you get to be at the place where you are now? Uh, yeah, uh, a lot of hard work, I suppose. Um, but I yeah, mean, in terms I mean, of your uh, hockey your <laughs> hockey background, uh, just for those that aren't too afraid with uh, how things started off here in SA. Uh, I mean, you, you spoke about being from Durban, but Ty mentioned the, the Cape Town link. And of course, that, that comes from being at Marty's as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I started, um, well, originally from Hillcrest, so a little bit outside of Durban. So I did, I did originally start playing um, in the Coastals or Raiders teams back in the day. Um, but then I went off to boarding school to Peter Maritzburg. Uh, I went to Epworth there and... Yeah, that was awesome. We luckily had a, yeah, Epworth was really big in their hockey. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where it all started. I made some of the provincial teams, uh, a couple of the uh, national under 18 teams and stuff. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, I decided to go to university um, at Marty's because of the fact that, I mean, we had some legends and like some international South African players that were coming from there, you know, I think at one point there was just like the whole team was just the South African national team. I think that's when Jen King was the coach. So yeah, anyway, I, uh, yeah, I decided to go to Marty's. I knew they had a really good, like high performance setup. I knew they were um, yeah really big into their hockey. So I knew that if I went there, like I would stand or give myself the best chance of maybe making the international team um so yeah I think honestly my time at Marty's was some of the best years of my life not only socially but um but hockey wise honestly I played with like my teammates we had such good like I mean we won one of the first varsity cups um I was there we won that had a couple of really good uses obviously I played for province that was awesome had a couple of yeah um good IPTs as well with province. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I think my hockey kicked off, really, I think, is when I kind of got to Marty's. Um, that was also a really big step up as well uh, from school to Marty's as well. That took a little bit of time for me to get used to it. But, 
yeah, I think Marty's and uh, playing hockey there was really like the best thing I could have ever like for myself, you know. Um, I think I created a really good foundation there. Um, and yeah, obviously good experience and managed to get into the SA Indoor team from that, you know. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's where I started. And then eventually I was like, okay, you know, um, am I going to stay here or am I going to jump overseas? And then, yeah, I jumped overseas. So I, I love the fact you, you, you mentioned Maritzburg and I mean, Maritzburg always has that reputation as being the, the last British outpost. And you spoke about yeah. getting, getting used to the, the language over in the Netherlands. I'm sure that Marty's must have helped you a little bit with that regard. Yes, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I worked in, I worked at Marty's for a bit, um, doing my internship as a buyer there. And I know some of my clients would not speak to me in English and I had to speak Afrikaans, you know, despite the fact that we were also surrounded by a lot of Afrikaans um, students and lecturers, etc. I mean, some of my lectures were in Afrikaans. So honestly, that was the best thing because it forced me to actually learn yeah, or to get better at it. Um, so it's helped me tremendously over here. I still can't speak Dutch, but I can at least understand it really well if they speak slowly. Um, so yeah, that's been <laughs> that's been really helpful um, over here to have that. Um, yeah. How I mean, you speak about Scotland, and mm. how would it come about? And I mean, I know I'm completely probably speaking out of turn, and it's not really in the realms of any thinking whatsoever. But um, what would it take for you to be able to represent the Netherlands? <clears throat> well, I would have to uh, basically get a residency, wait to get a passport, I think. That's how it would work. Uh, but essentially, you have to have lineage. So like your, okay. and I think only one, yeah, you're one generation or whatever above. So, like, it can't – or I think it's one or two generations above. Um, yeah, they have to have a link to the country okay. if they're nationality. So, yeah, look, I mean, I don't think I could play for the Netherlands, but uh, Scotland is really cool because they obviously make up GB. So, uh, Scotland, Wales, and England, uh, yeah, if you are in the international setups, they uh, GB picks from there uh, for okay. their centralized programs. So the potential is more for me to play for GB um, maybe one day. Um, yeah, through Scotland. Yeah. I, I, it's always I've always been interested in terms of how eligibility rulings when it comes to certain countries. When you speak about the the lineage with the Netherlands, is this and Ty, you yes. can jump in here as well. Is this a, a Netherlands ruling? Is it a, a hockey ruling? Um, because I, I always, I, I was always fascinated with um, how, how different sports do it. Because I remember back in the day. I mean, this is a little bit before your time, Heather. But uh, there was a, a famous uh, netball player named Irene van Dijk, and she she was captain of the SA side at the time. A, a brilliant, brilliant netball player, and she just decided to move to New Zealand. I mean, she had represented South Africa for many years, and she literally just moved to New Zealand and then started playing for New Zealand. And the netball ruling was completely different, where if you look at something like, say, rugby, international rugby, their ruling is once you play for a country, you can never play for another country, no matter you can live in a yeah. country for 20 years. And, and I always find that it, it must be pretty tough for, for sports people to, 
to be constricted to certain rules. I mean, you look at another sport, I, I think probably netball has changed. It might not have, I don't know. But to look at some other sports and you go, well, like, why can they do that and why can't we do it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know so, the ruling because I, yeah. Do you know the ruling, Ty? Yeah, yeah. So I actually was just uh, looking it up now while you were chatting. And essentially, you have to have residence in the country and have had residence for 12 months before the fixture. So not just getting your residence, you would have had to then um, uh, have held residence for at least 12 months before you're eligible. So for something like the Netherlands, I think uh, to get residence, you need to have been there a minimum of three years. Um, it might even be five. And then yeah. you would have had to have another year to be available. The rule, uh, Heather did touch on it earlier, the rule in hockey is you can represent six countries if you want, but you need a gap of three years in between when you represent each country. So I know uh, Kiana Cormack, who we've spoken to previously, um, initially the thought was uh, there was a discussion that if she went to a play at that World Cup for Namibia, but she lived in South Africa, could she play for South Africa? And the thing was, no, she'd have to wait three years before she plays again. And that's at any um, age group from under 21 up. So under 18, under 16 doesn't count for eligibility, but under yeah. 21 does. Yeah. Yeah. Which is quite, that's, quite interesting. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't actually know that about the ages. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think I spoke to... I think I spoke to one of the people at FIH, I can't remember, a while ago, and they were like, yeah, it's it's like going to the uh, to the Olympics and you just go from uh, changing from doing the 100 meters mm-hmm. to doing the javelin for Jamaica and then doing this for whatever, you know, like you can't just, just ch- like jump over. So that's why they have created the rule of three years. That's his explanation of it. So it's not, was that, um, so, so does that mean that, so when they say six countries, is that the limit? So once you... Oh, no, no, uh, no, no. I'm you, saying oh, as you just, many as you could fit for into example, yeah. In that time, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say, wow. But obviously, <laughs> a three-year gap in between each. So let's yeah, say you make right. a debut at 16. Um, yeah. I mean, and you're looking at a six-year... I mean, you're talking about getting a call-up for a country for the first time at 34, 35 years of age, which is uh, yeah. possible. So, I mean, hey, it's not. Yeah, so yeah, there's no, no limit. You know so you're already yeah. talking about so it's nice because you've already got Scotland in the mix, England in the mix, South Africa's there, maybe Netherlands, and you can add a whole, a whole lot more as well. Yeah, that cheese. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're filling your boots. I don't know about that. I don't know if my body will keep me going. But you know what? You know what the thing was, Derek. Though actually, it was when I was first asking about this was actually the difference between indoor and outdoor. So. I was looking to make the outdoor uh, Scottish team and I never actually had an outdoor cap. I only had indoor, indoor national caps. And um, that was my question to them was, Hey, it's a completely different sport technically. So like, do I still need to wait for three years? And they said, yeah, it falls under the same thing. So therefore I have to wait for three years. Mm. That's a very, it's, it's an interesting concept because uh uh, you know, obviously, hockey fives falls under FIH as well. So, let's say yeah. you go and play in a hockey fives qualifier or something, and yeah. that eliminates you for two years. It's it's uh, interesting because in other forms of the sport, for example, uh, not not hockey, but in football, you've got uh, futsal, you've got beach football, all governed ultimately by FIFA. But that rule doesn't apply there. Uh, oh. If you've played futsal 
that doesn't stop you from changing countries in football, which is oh, uh, that's interesting. quite interesting. Mm. And it, it would just so, you know, I've always said it would just be interesting because you would now, would you now have a dual passport? Would you have a South African yeah, and a Scottish passport? Yeah, so I, I've always had one. Uh, so, yeah, it's actually a well, British passport. Um, so it's not actually yeah. Scottish because, yeah, it's United Kingdom and Northern Northern Ireland, I think uh, it is. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I've got I've always had two passports. Um, so, so, yeah. so technically speaking, you could go to the Olympics and represent Great Britain at hockey, but you could represent South Africa at seven rugby. Yes. Yes, exactly. I, no, I don't. I don't know what the IOC ruling around that is. I think. I think you can only represent one country, but it's quite a, an interesting study. Yeah, it is actually. Um, yeah, we could. We can see. We could ask them. It's funny. Uh, Do you, you see mentioned... the lights going off in Heather's mind? There, she's like. Oh, I'm thinking well. like. Not a bad idea. I'm like, can I pass the right people? Yeah, okay, maybe. <laughs> I, I remember there was there was actually a change um, because while world rugby, they it, it's the same situation that Tyron mentioned. Uh, they they govern all rugby aspects underneath their banner, which includes sevens and, and the fifteen man code. And I, I know that there's the dispute uh, in the change in ruling just for sevens because players were upset by the fact that they couldn't represent their country at Olympics yeah. because of the change in ruling because you couldn't play for more than one country ever again in your life. And I think that they did change that with regards to the Olympics. But uh, I think uh, you know, yeah. we've, we've really, really uh, buried the subject to, to death. Uh, but <laughs> there aren't a million countries waiting for you. Either. I know that Scotland's there on the radar, maybe South Africa, perhaps Netherlands, but, um, and then also England. Yeah. But uh, I do hope... Uh, I don't know. I, I will obviously. I'd want you to play for South Africa, but uh, I'm sure that uh, I'm on your dad's side in the fact that yeah, cool, tramping Scotland over England. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the main thing. I think if if, if I do that, my dad will be very happy with me. <laughs> so, so we well, spoke- and, and I mean yeah. that is the most important thing in your hockey career. It's to make sure dad is happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if dad's happy, I'm then not- we're winning. <laughs> and are they are they still in South Africa, Heather? Yeah, they're still in South Africa. Okay. Um, and, I mean, you, you, you mentioned COVID. Uh, obviously, that yep. put a massive span in the works, and I, I think those were your exact words. Uh, how are things start, are, are they starting to look up? Because, I mean, we've been hearing, because in South Africa, it, it's almost practically over in terms of lockdown. I mean, we've gone down to level one, but I think people have been behaving as if it uh, was uh, – broken down like yeah. a month or two ago. Yeah. It just really has been yeah, like that. Yeah. Whereas we've been hearing horror Actually, stories over in, from Europe mm-hmm. saying that it's it's been a lot worse. And I mean, I, I think we saw a study the other day. Um, what Was it was it internationally, Ty, where it was the biggest number of infections in one day across the world? I think it was a week ago. Yeah, yeah about the 15th or 16th of uh, September. Yeah, so I yeah. Mean, that, that must be scary. Yeah. Uh, Especially for a sports person, that um, saying, "Geez, you know, we, we're starting to look at uh, a few more horror stories again." Yeah, um, oh, we started uh, when I first came over in uh, June. First of all, I had to get a repatriation flight back over. Oh, just, that must have been fun. Mess up. We've got, a, we've got, we've got a few but, friends um, who went on that. <laughs> what did you say? Sorry, uh, I said that must have been fun. Uh, we had a friend who I think he was on six different repatriation flights. He eventually managed to get on his seventh. 
Yeah, no, honestly, it was it was crazy just looking back at what we went through. And, and um, actually, my half, well, yeah, she's my half-sister. They were immigrating at the time over to mm. Scotland. And, uh, yeah, so she got stuck with uh, – she also had to get a repatriation flight. But they, they had sent all their stuff, so they had nothing. <laughs> they had sold everything. And they, uh, they had to try and get over anyway. So, luckily, it was quite nice to actually come back over on a repatriation flight with my sister and her family. So, that was good. But – um. Sorry, uh, June when I landed in The Hague, uh, obviously coming from South Africa that was in lockdown, I was shocked. I was like, what? Like, everything's open, you mm. know? People are just carrying on like nothing's happening. Uh, I don't know if it's because it was the start of the European summer or they were just quite, you know, um, confident that they were going to be okay, like whatever. So for the whole of summer, yes, of course, there were still warnings and restrictions and stuff, but nothing like South Africa, like absolutely nothing. Um, in terms of hockey, though, there were more, like obviously there was still the non-contact rule. Luckily, it was just pre-season, so it was fine. But then, yeah, say come 1st of August when we started pre-season, we were playing matches, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm not going to, say i told you so but like <laughs> it was bound to happen like you know um so now what's happened is belgium belgium was the same as us as well um they had their second peak they went back into a red zone uh they then increased the restrictions so that meant numbers in shops wearing masks at all time um yeah their season got pushed back etc and we were kind of like oh, look at them, you know. And just last week, we were then put into the red zone because all the universities went back. Uh, season had started again for, you know, et cetera, like jobs, all the schools, et cetera, you know. So, yeah, we then had that infection rate just rise dramatically. And, yeah, the whole of South Holland got put into a red zone. So, yeah, now we're back, back again trying to, yeah, trying to contain it, I suppose. Um, but at least the season's still going ahead. But obviously, we do have like a lot of restrictions. Um, yeah, uh, during training, during games, etc. So, yeah. And Heather, what would you um, what would you say? Where would you say <laughs> if if they turned around and said, right, COVID cancels everything, go home for the next yeah. six months? Where is home? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, actually. Um, but, uh, at the moment, obviously, South Africa is still my home. You know, my family's still there. My dogs are still there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if I had to, I'd probably go back to South Africa. But when I moved over here to Holland, like I did when I went to England, I said, okay, look, well, the next three years is – you know, this is going to be my home. So, um, yeah, I mean, I could potentially end up staying here or moving to Scotland. Yeah. Don't really know. We'll see. And then, you, then you can get the Glaswegian um, accent going crazy. And go, ah, which yeah, basically means I a really good day. Yeah. I mean, sometimes my dad speaks and I still don't understand him. And he's been in South <laughs> Africa for more than 25 years. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe I could get that. <laughs> do, you, do, you play, do you play golf at all, Heather? Yes, I do. So, I don't know. Have you heard Robin Williams 
take on on yes. uh, on how on, on on the invention of golf? Now the Scots did it. Oh, no, but I do love Robin Williams. though. <laughs> you need to you need to do yourself a favor when when you finish this up. I would have played it on here, but of course, uh, firstly copyright issues, and secondly. Uh, there's a lot of swearing involved, so uh, keep it rather. Well, I'd be concerned <laughs> so, if there wasn't. <laughs> exactly, um, <laughs> but uh, he says if you ever want um, an education into how to enjoy yourself, or indication into uh, education into the English language, you've got to go drinking with a Scotsman, and he uh, says yeah. he goes, you won't understand a um, word that they're saying, and the more that they drink, no. of course, then it becomes just absolutely <laughs> I- intelligible. Oh, no, absolutely. Over <laughs> a glass of whiskey. Yeah. yeah. Have, Maybe by the end of it, you'll understand. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's, so, it's so good. Have you, have you heard it, Ty? The invention of God. I have, I have. Oh, man, it's They brilliant. call it a stroke. Yeah. Because every time you have another one, it feels like you've had a stroke. <laughs> it is brilliant. And he goes, and he goes but he, goes like the, the, he sets the scene and he says, you know, how it came about was a bunch of Scots just sitting in a pub drinking. He goes, you know what we do? Got to knock a ball into a little gopher hole. He goes, oh, like croquet. He goes, no, croquet. He goes, we put it miles away. And you've got to hit it with a silly little crooked stick. And, and exactly that. Moves on to the strokes. And he goes, oh, and you do it one time. He goes, no, you do it 18 times. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really brilliant. <laughs> oh, God. You know, Derek, yeah, speaking well. about the Scots, I mean, I, I have a great, uh, very, very good friend who's Scottish, uh, a massive Glasgow Rangers fan, grew up in South Africa, lives in the UK. I went to his wedding in China because this is what happens. But um, <laughs> you know, he, he always taught me the great lesson. I, I don't know, do you know the difference between Scottish and Irish whiskey? I don't know. <laughs> so so the, the Irish spell whiskey with an E. Yeah. The Scots spell whiskey without the E because wow. they were too cheap for the label, the printing. So they got rid of the E. So if it says whiskey without an E, that's a Scots. And if it has an E, that's an Irish whiskey. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. It is actually a true story. Maybe not the it reason, is. but the, yeah. the difference is a true story. Yeah, but the Irish are always coming up with these things. Yeah, they can tell us. <laughs> and does, does, your, does your dad uh, still wears kilt proudly? Oh, absolutely. With nothing Any underneath. Gets, yeah, of course. <laughs> Any chance he gets, he'll wear it. Um, yeah, and he's very, uh, very fond of a nice glass of whiskey um, in the evening. So, yeah. And he's still, yeah. You should probably get him on here. He's quite, he, you guys would be getting along with him well, I think, with your accent. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I think, I think you, you can get him into a, a four ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do, does, does he play golf? Mm, he used to, not anymore. Okay. No. It's a pity, a pity, no, a pity about the, there aren't really any nice courses in KZN, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, I'm, talk, right, no, I'm talking rubbish. There are amazing courses down there. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> but there's, um, Derek, there's Derek, really. Derek's alienating half our listeners. <laughs> no, <that's laughs> <geez>. <laughs> yeah, careful. Uh, yo, but there's some incredible courses here, hey? Um, obviously, in Scotland, it's another world. But mm. yeah, like just where I'm staying, actually, there's about three different golf courses. Is, like, any, is anyone playing on them? So, I mean, there's very few Dutch golfers around on, 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 in the European tour. Yeah, I know. That's strange because everyone plays golf, yeah. Who's it? Joost <laughs> Joost Lurten. I think he's a he's a Dutch golfer, yeah. Ty. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I don't know. They 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 constantly there, so I don't see why they're not um, not in the league. Yeah, that's a pity. Jus Lurten, yeah, he's the most well-known Dutch golfer. I mean, there's very few. And then uh, moving just down the road, uh, Belgium, uh, Colsart. Mm. Oh, man, what a player. Jeez, he is a fantastic big hitter, but uh, he, yeah. he kind of dwindled away. Yeah, but, um, yeah, but they, got, they got Max Verstappen there, okay. <laughs> yeah, true, true. How, how is, yeah, he'll, who would you say is the Netherlands' foremost sports personality at the moment? Oh, jeez. I mean, I, off the top of my head, I'd also probably say Max at the mm. moment. Um, I'd, I'd probably have to ask my teammates. Or probably a football player or somebody like that, maybe. Oh, yeah, I think taking away from football. And that would def- yeah, definitely be top. Yeah, they uh, love their football. I, I suppose or, um, or, Virgil van Dijk would probably uh, yeah. be number one at the moment. the gooder. I was just about to say, look, I'm not trying to be biased, but like <laughs> they are... The hockey nation. Uh, so yeah. we've got to look at the hockey players. Yeah, Ava. We, um, there's a couple of upcoming ones. So, yeah, so maybe one of them as well. We still feel like we can we can get Ava to play for South Africa based on marriage rules. We just got to get I mean, to actually marry her. Yeah, I mean, aren't they aren't they engaged though? Yeah, but the marriage needs to happen now. Yeah, but that's that's COVID. As soon as like as soon as that's done, we can... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. You, you know, Heather, we've um, I don't know if you've seen, but over the last three or four months, Ty and I, we started the sports quizzes, and it, they've kind of evolved into many different types of quizzes. And there's not a day goes by when you aren't researching, etc. And and they're proving to be exceptionally popular. So, firstly, we've got to get you involved uh, in a couple of them. Uh, we've got Tuesday night sports quizzes, so we'll have you there. So that, those are really cool. And then on Wednesday nights, we do one for the public. We call it the Wednesday 1K Challenge. So uh, members of the public watch. It's myself and Ty putting out 50 questions over the course of an hour. And there's a leaderboard. If you end up tops, then you win for yourself 1,000 rand. So in your case, you're over in the Netherlands, so you'll get yourself uh, two euro, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. But but more importantly... <laughs> What, what, a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> one of the questions that we posed uh, the other night, uh, do you want to repeat it, Ty? And, and Ty was ecstatic with the results of the answer because, of course, we've been, we've been hosting yeah, this but, podcast but for every year. Yeah, go for I it. Asked it. I asked I asked the most ridiculous... Uh, I asked... So the term Southpaw, everybody knows the term Southpaw from boxing. It's, it's a boxer who is dominantly left-handed. Yes. So I asked where, uh, which sport was the first sport to be associated with Southpaw. So everybody said boxing, but it was actually baseball. Um, oh. So baseball actually actually created the term. So now everybody gets a American sport question wrong. Then I asked a really tough. Uh, I think it was it was a cricket a, a, a cricket question, and most people got it wrong. And then I asked the following question: Which of the following teams was a CTM Premier Hockey League franchise? Was it the Drakensberg Dragons, the Drakensberg Dinosaurs, the Drakensberg Donuts, or the Drakensberg Deers? And most people got it right, chose Dragon. So I was like, yeah, you see, everybody knows hockey, nobody knows cricket or uh, baseball or boxing. So oh, uh, I was proud. I kept, I kept <laughs> reminding them. Yes. Fantastic time. Well done. <laughs> and like you said, but he goes, our job, job is done. Quiz, yes. We have a tradition here mm. that we ask one question. And mm. Derek has been scouring 
the internet to ask you the toughest question you've ever heard. Oh my God. Okay. Let's go for it. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> here we go. Let me try and find some cool. Let's try and find some music that will probably get us into trouble by playing, but uh, just to kind of break the monotony of our voices, uh, let's just do this. What do we have here? There we go. Okay, Heather McEwen, the one question quiz is upon us. Uh, many have tried, many have failed, a few have succeeded, but it's definitely in the majority of those that haven't quite come out on top. So, my question to you is, there's a very well-known author named Ian McEwen. He obviously shares your surname. And uh, he's written a number of books, one of which was uh, Amsterdam, funny enough, which is down the road from you. That came out yeah. in 1998. But uh, he followed that book with uh, a- another book in 2001, which went on to become a very, very well-known movie. And it starred the likes of... Uh, who was it? Kira Knightley. She was in it. And, uh, yeah. and who else? Uh, well, actually, I'll stop right there with Kira Knightley. If you need any more clues, we'll come back to that. But uh, first and foremost, uh, I want to know, what is the name of the book, which subsequently became a movie, written by Ian McEwan? Oh, my God, I can see it, and I can't remember the name. 2001, <laughs> the book came out. The movie was a little later. Oh, my God. Do I get, do I get to phone a friend or get a clue? Uh, okay, <laughs> let me give you another clue. So the movie came out in 2007. Actors included, Kira Knightley, I mentioned her. Uh, James McAvoy, oh, a fabulous Scotsman. Mm-hmm. And who else did we have? Oh, where? why are you switching off your camera? Because you're going um, No, on I go- just had some uh, technical <laughs> issues here. <laughs> and we oh, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. We're back. <laughs> Is it atonement? It is atonement <laughs> with, a, with a little help from a friend. Jeez, it's amazing, those friends these days. Uh, spelled G-O-O-G-L-E. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, this, this European Wi-Fi is not great either, hey? Um, much better. Well done. Uh, yeah, uh, normally we don't include finding a friend, but you're a fantastic guest, so we'll give it to you. Well done. One of the few to uh, come out on tops when it comes to the one question quiz. It was Atonement. Uh, oh, he wrote that in 2001. Um, do you yes. know anything about Ian McEwan, by the way? I do. I think we had an English book that we read once in school, but I was probably sleeping. So. Oh. <laughs> and you haven't, you haven't tried to find out maybe he's a long lost relative or long distance relative? Yeah. Yeah, well, funnily enough, in school, everyone was like, hey, Heather, there's a book there that's got your surname on it, you know? Yeah. Is he like your uncle or something? And I was just like, maybe maybe there is some, but no. Unfortunately not. There's no, there's no relation to it whatsoever, but I'll just claim it anyways, you know? <laughs> yeah, do it. Do it without a doubt. Heather, from my side, it's been fantastic chatting to you. Really, really enjoyed this uh, last hour. It flew by. Oh, thank you. I know it's 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 really fun, but it's been no, it's been super interesting. Thank you, um, thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure, Ty. Last word from you. Yeah, look, Heather. Thanks. I mean, obviously, I've I've been fortunate enough to go and tour with you to uh, Croatia and Zim, oh, not yeah. Zim, uh, and Namibia. No, yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah. I came all the way to Croatia and had to. You came uh, all the way to Chile, Croatia. Oh my god. 
Yes, you remember how cold that was. That sure. was cold. The hockey was hot. The hockey was hot. Yeah, the hockey was hot. But then you walked outside and you <laughs> turned into an ice, an ice cube. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when I first got to England, we, we, no. But in Croatia, Derek, we, yeah. the tournament was in a town called Zvezdalina, but it's like an hour and a bit from Zagreb, and there's like yeah. nothing in between Zagreb and this place. And we were there on that weekend, and the town was closed. Like people were all away. There was nothing. Yeah. I mean, like to find a coffee shop. No. Um, yeah, wow. I don't think there was any. So, it was, and the bus trip back was just yeah. <laughs> long yeah yeah no no remember i didn't take the bus i had to get you an uber to fly out the day before you guys and there was no uber uh, so i paid yes. a, a taxi the most ridiculous amount of money but yes. how much was it that story this no yeah i can't even remember but it, it worked out at almost a thousand rand for the trip <laughs> um for but you're gonna win it back yeah, on a tuesday anyway. <laughs> yeah yeah there we go one K Wednesday, there we go. Um, so yeah, Heather, thank you very much. And um, yeah, look, I mean, I look forward to supporting you when you play for Scotland. I unfortunately can't when you play against South Africa, but uh, okay. other no, than that, we'll be shouting for you other. and hopefully, yeah. Uh, thank hopefully you. See you in no, the thank you very now. much. Thank you so much, Heather. No, thanks guys, it's been awesome chatting to you. So yeah, really appreciate it. And good luck with, yeah the rest of your episodes as well be tuning in of course thanks so much we'll see you at the quiz this week we'll send you the details yes, of course lovely cheers all right bye guys cheers. Bye. oh superb chatting to uh yeah what an athlete what a person and uh what a what a um a smorgasbord of teams waiting to to have her in their lineup <laughs> well and, and of course Derek, you've heard it your first south african public McEwen is a Scottish international student and uh, we wish her well as she ventures on her travels there with Jen Wilson as the head coach um, and to see where we go from here. Yeah, and uh, I wish you well on the rest of this Tuesday, Ty, in the future. Yes, you have a great Tuesday. I know your weekend was superb. (laughs) Cheers, Ty. We'll catch you for the next episode, episode 56 uh, but uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed episode 55 as Hockey the Podcast keeps on rocking and rolling. Ciao.